Hey, this is Jesse Paul Smith here with my Creative District podcast, and I am super excited about this next episode and this next conversation I have with celebrity cosmetic dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. He's been practicing for over 30 years in Beverly Hills area and has a great unparalleled career to any dentist in history. He's transformed the smiles of, you know, Katy Perry, Usher, Anthony Hopkins, Fergie, Hugh Jackman, Jessica Simpson, Mark Wahlberg, and so many others. And uh, he was also the only dentist featured on ABC's hit show, Extreme Makeover. He's currently a reoccurring guest on and co-host on CBS's Emmy Award-winning daytime talk show, The Doctors. He's referred to as the Michael Jordan of dentistry and has appeared on numerous TV shows, including Larry King Live, Oprah, Access Hollywood, Extra, Entertainment Tonight. Uh, he's also the founder of Discus Dental, one of the world's leading dental companies. He's helped lead the company from its inception to more than $1.3 billion in sales, primarily with their award-winning tooth whitening products, such as Zoom and Bright Smile. But we talk about everything that Bill has done and how he got on all these different appearances by one simple strategy, and that is mastery. We're going to get right into it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Well, I'm excited to dive into this conversation with Dr. Bill Dorfman. You've heard all of his credits already in the introduction, but he has worked with some of the biggest names in the industry and the thing that's most but in the world dude <laughs> the thing what that i think is so industry i think one of the things that's so interesting about this is that what your profession started as which is a dentist and how it's branched out and we're, we're going to get into that a little bit more uh so but i have to ask like where where did this i mean when did you realize that dentistry was something that you wanted to do to start with uh, I literally fell into it. Okay. I was a little kid and I fell down and I knocked out my baby teeth. <laughs> uh, so I literally fell into it. We had a great family dentist and I went through years of reconstructive stuff that, you know, he did in order to make my permanent teeth normal. And I was a weird kid, like where most kids would probably be petrified after everything I went through. I was so insanely curious at, that I sat with a mirror and watched him work doing surgery and everything. And I thought, this is cool. Like, I want to help people like this one day. I want to put people back together like this. And it never wavered. Um, you know, so where most little three-year-olds wanted to be like, army man. I wanted to be like the medic and fix them and stuff. That's great. Now you said a word that I absolutely love curiosity, obviously with the success that you have had and the platform you've used to grow the success. Talk to me about what real curiosity is all about and why that's so important. 
I mean, I think a lot of people are curious and they're just curious. That's not me. Like if I'm curious, I want to swallow as much information as I can about something and then like do something about it. You know, this is really interesting. I, I'm 62 years old, right? So I go to my 40 year high school reunion and I'm walking around and it's like, what did you do with your life? 90% of the people there, really nothing. And it was so, I don't know, crazy for me. Like, I just feel life is such a gift. Make the most of it. You know, if God forbid I passed away tomorrow, at least I would say I've done everything I wanted to do. I'm not done. But like, if I want to do something, I freaking do it. I don't just sit there and ponder about it for days, weeks, years. Like, you only have one life. Live it to the max. Do, I do everything I can. I, I'm like that ever ready bunny. I just go and go and go and go and go and go. You know, I mean, if you say, oh, let's go to, let's take a vacation and like go lay on a beach. I'm like, are you new here? I'm not going to lay on a beach. If I go somewhere, I want to go scuba diving. I want to go, I want to like, I'm not going to lay on the beach. That's what you do when you're a whale and you're dead. I'm not going <laughs> to lay on the beach. That, that might, it drives my kids crazy. They're like, dad, let's go just like chill. I'm like, we need chill. Like, I'm not going to go chill. Okay. To me, that's not relaxation. I would be, I go nuts. I, I can't lay on the beach. <laughs> I can't. That's, that's not in your DNA. And I, I think there's something to be said about the fact that very successful people understand the difference between thinking about something and taking action about something. And you're, you're, you're talking about taking action. And I want to dive into that a little bit because fast forward, obviously you become a dentist, but how did you start to, I mean, when did you start to realize that you didn't want to have just this normal dental practice? You wanted to, you wanted to do something bigger and talk to me about the thought process you had to really get out of the box with your dentistry. Cause that's really what you've done is, is taking it to a whole new level. You know, I'd be lying to you if I say, you know, how I sat down and I wrote out this business plan and that, like, that's not me. You know, my MO is push the pedal to the metal. I'll never forget, I've been practicing like a month. I went and I saw one of these great practice management gurus, you know, this lady was world famous. And, you know, she gets in front of the group and she said, listen, young dentist, and that was me. In order to be successful, you need to set a goal. A goal of $3,000 a day in production is a good starting point. Hit that goal. I got up and I walked out. I was already doing 10,000 a day. Like, why should I back up to three? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, lady, you don't even know who you're talking to. I left. You know, you talk about thinking outside the box. I had this epiphany. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but when, when you're on a, a talk show, the, the Tonight Show, Rosie, Ellen, any of these shows, what, what they do is they sit you in a room with a producer and they interview you. And, you know, it's kind of a shotgun. They ask all kinds of things. Just 
seeing what resonates, what, what they think will really relate to their audience. Then you go out and you do your six or 12 minute interview. It's called live to tape. So it looks like it's live at home, but they're actually shooting it and then taping it. And, you know, that's pretty much standard for any of these talk shows, not Oprah. Oprah has such an extensive team of researchers that she knows you. She knows you better than you know you. And when you go and you're with Oprah, she doesn't tell you or pre-interview you. She wants your raw, unfiltered answer. So about 2006, Oprah says, Dr. Bill, you've had a career pretty much unlike any other dentist in the history of dentistry. What inspires you to think so far outside the box? Honestly, I had never heard that term yet. It, it was not even part of our American lexicon yet. And, and when she said that to me, I looked her in the face. I said, what box? And we just cracked up. And that pretty much defines my entire life. I never, ever, ever felt in any box. You know, I always was an independent kind of free thinker and did things really unlike other people, for better or for worse. I'm not, I'm not saying everything I did, you know, was a big success, but at least I was nimble enough where if it wasn't, I, I was able to, you know, make kind of a mid-course correction and, and correct things. But you got to take chances in life. You got to go for it. You, you know, if I meet another millennial who tells me they're waiting for the universe, I want to scream and pull my hair out. The universe doesn't care about you. Never will. You need to care about you. And by the way, when you get a great opportunity, it's not the universe, it's you. And when you get a great opportunity, don't take it. That's Master great. it. Let's, let's no, that's not good. That's great, Jesse. Let me tell you something. When ABC put me on Extreme Makeover, dentistry, no problem. TV, <laughs> I stunk. If you watch the first two or three episodes, I was pathetically pitiful. Like they should have fired me and I knew it. And at least I was smart enough to know how bad I was. So instead of sitting there and waiting for the universe to do something, I took action. I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I worked with the woman who, I, I hired the best. I worked with the woman who trained all the kids on American Idol to do interviews, to talk to people. To, I didn't have these skills. That's not what they teach you in dental school. They teach you how to drill on teeth, period. You know? So instead of getting fired or really stinking, I worked on it, you know? And, and I'll tell you one of the biggest misnomers. We're all led to believe, oh, practice makes what? Perfect, but permanent. <laughs> permanent. Practice makes permanent. Don't keep doing things wrong. When you're not doing it right, stand back look at what you're doing and either get a mentor, get help, go on the internet, but don't keep doing the same thing wrong. Make changes and do it right. What do you, I mean, you've talked to, like you said, the biggest names uh, on the planet. Not only in your dental practice, have you worked with some of them, but then 
you have an amazing podcast that you interview all these people for. And I, I'm really curious what you feel keeps people from mastering things. What keeps people from mastering things? Yeah. Fear. Fear of failure. So I'm going to give you something. And if you embrace this, I promise you it'll change your life. I never fail. And I'm not arrogant. I never fail. And the reason I never fail is this. If you do something and it doesn't come out the way you want, I don't look at that as failure. I look at that as practice. Then you do it again and again and again until you get it right. So you really only fail when you quit. Don't look at an unsuccessful attempt as failure. Look at that as a learning lesson for what you need to do to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. So I'm a big John Maxwell guy and his, one of his books is Failing Forward and talking about, you know, you only fail when you quit and you, 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 have, you have a way of looking at it. Either you look at it as you either failed or you learned, right? And, and you're learning lessons as you go along the way instead of looking at it as uh, you weren't good enough or whatever. Because like you said, you've been on, on a ton of different TV shows, a ton of different interviews. Uh, on national TV as a dentist, but you you realized when you weren't good, that didn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. It just meant I just need to get better and I'm learning as I go. And I'll tell you another thing that really holds people back. They're so afraid of what other people think of them. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> Actually, I heard this woman She's a, she was a famous model like 10 years ago. Now she does stand-up comedy. She's tall and gorgeous. And she said something, and this just hit home so hard, and you need to embrace this. And she said this in a joke, but it's actually very true. She said, you know, people look at me as like this beautiful, tall, elegant woman, and they think I look down on them. I don't look down on you. I don't even see you. <laughs> and that's the honest to God's truth. We are so consumed with what everybody thinks of us or sees us. And what we need to really realize is nobody cares about you or looks at you. You know what I mean? It's, it's so more true. in your head. And she, yeah. I think she hit the nail on the head. It's like, you sit here thinking I'm, I'm like, you know, looking down on you, dude, I don't even see you. <laughs> that is, and that's so good because I mean, how often are we consumed with this narrative that people have about us? And right. to be honest with you, so many people are consumed with their own narrative. They're not paying attention to you in the first you place. You know, look, we all went through puberty. How many times did you wake up with a huge zit on your forehead or something? You like, you didn't want to go to school. You're probably the only person who knew you had that zit because they were all concerned with their own zits. That's so true. So true. Now, I, I want to I dive into one of the things that I think is, is interesting is uh, the clients that you've worked with, and you named them, like Eva Longoria, Mark Wahlberg. How did you start to, in your practice, because I'm a big believer in surround yourself around people that are you know, have the results you want or are going to um, 
that are going to help you get to where you want to go. You obviously started surrounding yourself with very successful people, not just by attending mastermind groups or stuff. You've done those too, but you're even your clients. You focused on these, these really successful people, but how did you start getting them as clients? And then I really want to understand how did you start taking them from clients to people that you started collaborating with? You know, when I first started practicing dentistry, I did everything I could to get new patients in the office. Um, I started, you know, joining different networking groups. They were very popular back in the, you know, 80s and 90s, you know. And I also was in Century City. And so a lot of the big talent agencies were there. And I was dating a woman who worked at Triad Artists, which is now William Morris. And so she was in the mailroom with all these young wannabe agents. Well, all these young wannabe agents are now running the biggest agencies in Hollywood. So these people all became, and I fostered great friendships and relationships with them. And so they all became my patients and they started referring clients and clients referred clients. And, you know, Jessica Simpson was referred to me by Jason Phelps. Jason Phelps, you know, runs Virgin Entertainment. You know, Jessica brought in her husband, you know, um, Nick. You know, they get divorced. Then Nick brings in his new wife, you know, and also, you know, Jessica sends uh, Katy Perry and, and, and then, you know, Katie sends Fergie and Fergie sends, and, you know, it, it's like, here's the thing. When patients come into my practice, if I meet every expectation they have, they walk out satisfied. If you exceed their expectations, they become walking billboards for you. And that's what we do. We give our patients gold-plated customer service. When you come into my office, you live in LA, you can come as a patient. You never have to worry about your teeth again, because I do. I am your quarterback. If you need an endodontist, a periodontist, a pedodontist, an oral like I coordinate all that for you. I don't just say, oh, just go, you know, go call. No, when I'm done, you'll go to my front desk. Sinette is my office manager. She will book all your appointments for you. She will follow up on everything. She will get all of the reports. She will collate that. She will put that in your chart. We will take care of you and you never have to worry about your teeth again. And, you know, that's what we do. And when people honestly, I love this story. Three months ago, Joe comes in. Joe's 90 years old. He has three teeth right? I took out one. It was just not savable. Every day, I call all my patients at the end of the day. I call Joe up. He goes, who is this? I said, Joe, this is Dr. Bill. He goes, Dr. Bill, why are you calling me? I said, well, I took out one of your teeth. I just want to know how you're doing. He goes, are you kidding? I'm like, no. He goes, doc, last month they took out my kidney. Nobody <laughs> called. Oh, you that's know? fantastic. But you know, I honestly, truly care about my patients and take care of them. And, you know, that spreads the word. So then you ask part two, how did I get them to, you know, come to my LEAP Foundation? LEAP is a motivational leadership program. This is a nonprofit for high school and college kids. 
You know, I've had Paula Abdul, Michael Strahan, our mayor, Eric Garcetti, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Kathy Bates, uh, Michael Strahan, um, uh, Apollo Ono, uh, Jason Alexander, Usher. I mean, on and on. And they all come for free. I couldn't afford to pay these people. Why? Because like me, they believe in our youth as our future. And the best way to make our future better and stronger is to give these young students the skills that they need to be successful. And these people come and are incredibly motivating and real with them. I mean, Anthony Hopkins battled alcoholism for much of his life. It almost destroyed his life. He's a big proponent of AA. And he talked about that to my kids. You know, Mark Wahlberg was in jail. He was a hoodlum. And he talked about that and how he changed his life. You know, Kathy Bates never imagined she'd be an actress. Paula Abdul survived an airplane crash that left her crippled and came back to have one of the biggest careers ever, one of the biggest comebacks ever. She went from literally being nobody, you know, after having all of these accolades to becoming a household name on American Idol, the most watched television show in the history of TV, by the way, in its day. So, I mean, and these people share this with these students and it's remarkable, remarkable. So you found a commonality between them and you yeah, I just asked. I mean, the most powerful word in the English language has three letters, A-S-K. And I ask them, they come in, you know, these are people, they've been there, I've been their dentist for 10 years, they know what I do, you know, and, and you know, Anthony Hopkins, you know, I, I just said, he hates to be called Anthony, by the way, you have to call him Tony. I'm like, Tony, <laughs> would you come and talk to my kids? He said, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, he, he just won another Oscar last yeah, week. I know. And he's going to come speak to my kids again this year with his wife, Stella, who I love. Uh, and Stella just produced her first movie, which he starred in. So I'm going to have both of them come and speak. But, you know, I've only had two or three really big celebrities that just didn't want to do it. That said, no. You know, I want to take this back, though, because I... I I think this is really important that our audience hear this because you talked about something at the beginning of the interview that really is the foundation for all of this. How did you get on TV? I, how did you, how did you get, first of all, how'd you get all these high-end clients? You mastered something so that when people came to you, you took such good care of them. And I love what you said, you know, people expect good. You wow them with extraordinary. And, and that's what you did is you, you, you made sure that if they came through your door, you're going to give the same 90-year-old guy that's got three teeth, you're going to give him the same treatment as you do, you know, a celebrity that walks off the street and, and works with you. But because you did such a good job, this is what really got you, the, the clients also got you recognition to help you get on all these TV shows because I think so many people are worried about, well, how do I get my face everywhere? Just take really good care of the people that come your way by mastering a craft and uh, the doors will open. Let me, let me take another example, Instagram. 
I'm the only dentist in the world with 1.1 million followers. That didn't just happen. You know, when I saw how influential Instagram would be, I hired a whole freaking team. I don't do this. I do teeth. What do I know about Instagram? You know, I mean, that's not my wheelhouse. I hired the best team I could. They taught me how to grow it. When all those videos that you see on my Instagram, they don't put those together. I send all that to a guy. He curates all my content. He then sends it to another guy in the UK. He posts it and pushes it to the Explorer page. So every day I'm getting two to 3,000 new followers from people that would never have seen me. I don't know how to do that stuff, but I know how to hire good people. You know, and you say, well, you know, I mean, these people who want to be famous just to be famous, I have zero respect for. I have a goal. One, I want to educate people on dentistry and hopefully they'll come to me, but educate people on dentistry. Two, I'm a big fitness proponent. You know, I don't believe that you should just be lazy, out of shape and you know, inactive. I mean, I'm 62 years old. I just shot again for men for uh, GQ magazine. Uh, I did an article for them last year and I just did another shoot for them. I, they're going to do a follow-up this year. I'm the oldest guy that they had in the magazine shirt. Oh, there you go. You know, and then leap, you know, I want people to know about leap. So I really am on Instagram for three, I think really important things. Yeah. I, throwing a little bit of vacation and holiday and kids and this and that just because I'm real and I have a real life too. But that's my thing. People who want to, I, I had this young guy, he, he, he used to be a model. Okay. He quit modeling. Now he does nothing. So he comes to me and he says, I really want to build my Instagram. I'm like, why? Like, what do you have to offer? I mean, even if you were still modeling and you wanted to just like show modeling shots to inspire, but you're not even doing anything now. So build your Instagram for what? Like, what do you need followers for? And what are they going to gain from following you? I said, save your money. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> that. Go get a job. Yeah, for real. Now, I want to take this, and I think this is a great place to start this, because I do want to talk about your LEAP Foundation. You and I are big uh, proponents of leadership. Um, I'm, I'm part of the John Maxwell team. I've seen how leadership has changed my life and how it makes an impact in the lives of other people. I love what you're doing with LEAP. But I'm curious, when did you start to realize that leadership was such an important uh, skill set to learn and why you've doubled down on investing that in our youth? You know, I don't take a lot of credit for that. Um, there was an organization 15 years ago, and for 10 years, I would come and speak as a mentor at this organization, which was the precursor to LEAP. The founder of that program passed away. He was 85. And so 15 years ago, I took everything that he had already kind of perfected and made it even better and renamed it, repackaged it, made it a nonprofit. And we started doing it at UCLA every summer. So for the last 13 years, we've done this summer program. Students come and live at UCLA for a week. Well, obviously last year it went virtual 
This year, it will be virtual with a small live component, probably 50 to 100 students. But, you know, the thing I love about this, and we've worked with a lot of different philanthropic things, you know, with, with my company and with, you know, the Crown Council of Dentists and Garth Brooks, we ran something and still run something called Smiles for Life, where we've raised $45 million for children's hospitals by doing a whitening campaign where people would come in and whiten their teeth, pay a reduced fee, and instead of paying the dentist, write a check to Smiles for Life. My company, Discus Dental, donated all the whitening products, so there were no upfront costs at all. So 100% of the money, you know, I don't know if your listeners know this, I invented Zoom. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, that's, Zoom I see white. that all over. That's yeah. all over. <laughs> Not Zoom video conferencing, Zoom two-point. <laughs> but, um, but we had Zoom and Nightwhite and Daywhite and all this stuff and Bright Smile. Um, but, you know, we've raised $45 million for, for children's charities through that. I know that you took over um, once the, the precursor of LEAP actually passed away. But obviously, you started to see the effects of leadership and how that started to make an impact. In, well, in- I, I think in answer to your question, you know, it's great raising money for hospitals and children's charities, but when you can actually interact with them and see what a difference you're making in their lives, nothing's better, man. And and where do you see the where do you see the organization going? What's the goal for your organization with this Leap Foundation? What's your biggest goal that you guys are working towards right now? Well, I honestly think, you know, in the past in the live program, we had about 400 to 500 students. This year, at the program, we'll probably have 10,000 students virtually. Wow. And wow. like 50 to 100 live. And, you know, I'm just super excited about it. You know, LEAP is a program that gives great students the skills to be better. And, you know, it's funny, when we do the in-person program, we interview all the students before they come in. And on occasion, Jesse, there have been students that we turned away. You know, um, a mother calls up and I talked to this woman. She's like, you know, little Johnny really needs sleep. I'm like, really? Tell me about little Johnny. Well, he's 18. He dropped out of high school two years ago. And all he does is sits on the couch, watches TV, and smokes pot. He needs LEAP. I'm like, little Johnny needs a program, not LEAP. Mm-hmm. I can't fix in one week what yeah. you messed up for 18 years. <laughs> I didn't say it to her like that. But I'm like, I can't fix in one week what went wrong for 18 years. He does need a program. He does need help but I honestly think it will be a waste of your money to send him to leave because he'll hate it. You know, he's not going to go off his couch and, you know, and all of a sudden become, you know, active and, and part- he's not going to like it. So yeah. I said, you need to find another program and then we'll talk about leap. But what we do is we literally teach students life skills that they don't typically learn in school. We teach them networking. We teach them how to apply for a job. We teach them um, how to interview. We do public speaking. I do a whole thing on life and, and fitness and health. 
um, I do a, a really, really dramatic evening on drunk driving. And, and I get uh, my best friend, Dennis Wells, who lost his 21-year-old son because he was drinking drunk, come and speak. And believe me, when you hear a grieving father talk to you about it, and then I bring Kyle, and Kyle Thomas is a 22-year-old quadriplegic who will tell these kids that the stupidest thing he ever did was to drink and drive. And it's a miracle he's even alive. And, you know, I mean, we just, we do a lot of really, really cool things that no other program in the world does. And, you know, not to toot my horn, but I have access to some of the greatest and most influential people in the world. And they all come, like they all come. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. That's fantastic. Well, for, from, a, from a guy that's uh, been investing in youth, doing youth events all over the world for the last 15 years, I appreciate what you're doing because uh, we need more people like you and Leap doing things like that to, to really invest in these kids and help them see that there, there is a future and uh, that they really hold the destiny to their own life in the palm of their hands. And I love what you said. It's, it's up to you. Um, and so you're giving them the tools to do that. And we'll make sure and make, uh, put all of the details for Leap Foundation in the show notes so that people can check it out. But listen, um, Dr. Bill, I know that you're super busy. This was a complete honor to be able to have you on our show. And uh, again, thank you for reminding us that mastery is really uh, the key to building a strong business. And a strong Thanks, Jesse. And by the way, I know I have 1.1 million followers, but I actually answer all my DMs. So if anybody who's listening really wants to reach out to me and ask me anything, I'm totally happy to answer. So just on Instagram, it's Dr. Bill Dorfman, D-R-B-I-L-L Dorfman. And uh, I promise it's really me. <laughs> I'm a real guy and I really answer. Awesome. We'll make sure and put that in the show notes as well so people can check you out. But uh, Dr. Bill, once again, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.